let's not, you know, jump into a large project of creating you a website if you think that it's going to go live and start converting right away because it will not. Welcome to Honesty Commerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running a direct-to-consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e-commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honest E-Commerce. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And today, I'm welcoming to the show another host, the host of the Ecom Show podcast, Andrew Math. He's the founder and CEO of Blue Tusker, a full-service digital marketing company for e-commerce sellers. Uh, you can go find my episode of his show in the show notes. Uh, everyone to go check that out. Andrew, welcome to the show. What's up, buddy? Good to see you again. Absolutely. I always <laughs> like talking to other podcast hosts because they just know how to carry a tune. So I'm, I'm excited to get into it. Oh, I get to sing on this? Thank God. No one ever lets <laughs> me sing. Absolutely. I didn't know that was one of your talents other than kind of the digital marketing realm. It's not. <laughs> awesome. All right. So let's, let's dive in. Let's, you know, I think that everybody's, you know, childhood dream is to grow up and be an e-commerce consultant. So how'd you end up here? <laughs> uh, man. So about actually 15 years ago in a month, I actually got my first job in e-commerce, which is nuts when I tell people that because they're like, I don't even know e-commerce is around that long. My dad had actually acquired a company that was all retail. He took it online and they sold like shocks and suspension and stuff for cars. And so I uh, I was always really interested in marketing and I wanted an opportunity. So he said, if you work in the warehouse for a little bit, I'll give you some insight. So I was almost like an intern at my dad's own place. And I was there, helped out with like email and stuff like that. He was my favorite story with him. He was actually one of the first companies to be offered to sell something other than books on Amazon. And he turned it down, which is hilarious. <laughs> and I love picking on him for it. Uh, it just still drives him crazy to this day. But uh, after that, I started. Uh, I stayed in the industry for the most part, in and out of e-commerce, started my own agency in college, uh, ended up partnering with a family member, which, fun fact, don't do that. So then left there, went in-house at e-commerce for a little while. And then about seven or eight years ago, Started an agency with a partner of mine. We exited that late 2019, early 2020. Started Blue Tusker. And as of today, I get to be on awesome podcasts like this. That's fantastic. You know what's funny is you... Uh, I've never brought this up on the show. I actually was... I, I worked for an e-commerce company back when I was 15 or 16, now that I'm thinking about this. Mm -hmm. And basically what my job was is I was supposed to take these Excel line items and import them into the store. Uh, it was like a drop shipping thing before drop shipping was a thing. Like this is <laughs> 16 years ago. Uh, and I figured out how to automate it. And then I got, I automated myself out of a job. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst part. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny though. Um, the guy, he liked me and I actually, we crossed paths on LinkedIn uh, a couple years ago. And he was like, wow, I never thought you'd end up in e-commerce. I was like, neither did I. I reach out to... My dad ended up exiting that place. Uh, or Well, he sold it back to his partners. His partner owned full amount of it. And I reached out to him a couple of times because I want to help him so bad because it's just horrible what they're doing. But he did the same thing. He's like, well, I didn't think you'd stay in e-commerce. And like, I finally sat down and talked to him. And I was like, I can't. I can't help you. <laughs> You're... He's a character. Well, that's the thing is you can't help people that 
don't want to help themselves. Exactly. Yeah, it's, we could go off on a complete tangent about, uh, you know, how to vet prospects and red flags, but that's not what this show's about. We're not here to help other <laughs> agency owners. We're here to help yeah. kind of yeah, e-commerce exactly. entrepreneurs. That's a different podcast. Um, <laughs> exactly. So where do you want to dive in? What, what's been keeping you up at night? How have you been helping your clients? Oh, man. We're going to start. Been heavy on SEO lately. That's definitely one of the things that a lot of people are catering to. There's also, um, you know, as of this recording, we're potentially in a recession, a ton of inflation right now. So that's kind of figuring out which direction we go there. And then uh, I would also say a lot of omni-channel, like cross-marketing strategies to help Amazon or have Amazon help their website or Walmart or whichever way. So you tell me, man, what do you, uh, where would you like to start? <laughs> Let's dive in there with, uh, helping people with the omni-channel strategy. So with a, as a full service firm, you guys are, uh, you know, your goal is just to move the needle for the brand. Correct. And so correct. you're helping them with both their on site, i.e. their owned website, be that on Shopify or whatever, and kind of all the channels that connect to it. Yep. So essentially we, we tend to focus on either someone that is already in multiple marketplaces as well as their own website, or it tends to be they're on a marketplace and are now ready to take the jump to building their own site and going that direction. And one of the things I've learned over the years is the customer journey is so fluid. And even now with the iOS change, it's a nightmare to track. And we actually just did this test um, with this big account we were working with. We had a $25,000 credit given to us from Facebook to run this test. And they wanted to test like in-app purchases, right? So the ability to check out within Instagram, we were like, all right, free money, whatever, we'll do it. What I wanted to do was I wanted to see how is this going to affect the rest of the business besides just the obvious, right? And the craziest thing was I've always said this and I've run some small tests. This was like kind of the more larger scale where I was able to prove this out where the amount of revenue that they increased on their website from that test was not 100% to that spend, right? So they spent 25K. Let's say they were getting a 4X return. They did not get 100K on their website. They basically got about 70 or 80K and then their Amazon actually increased. And so collectively, when I looked at it as a blended uh, basically return that they got, they actually it actually worked completely across the board. And that's one of the problems I always talk about is like you can't look at just how Facebook is doing towards your website because you're not counting about the branding and wherever else you might be available. So we try to focus on, A, from a reporting standpoint, looking at the business collectively, like the entire thing, and then narrowing down to, okay, where where do we want to press the gas and slow down? But then we also start to think about how can we leverage these marketplaces to improve the strategy. So Amazon actually just released a... Um, well, it's in beta, but it's called... Uh, it's the Buy with Prime button. And so essentially, it's like a JavaScript code you throw on your, your website and it takes you directly to the Amazon listing. Now, a lot of people, when I talk to them about this, they get so upset. They're like, I don't want to give Amazon more of my money, uh, my margins, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, look, they're 100% right. There's no argument to that. But when I think about taking a page out of Amazon's book, the best thing to do a business or the best thing a business can do is put their customer first and just allow them to be as most. Uh, I'm going to completely fall over my words this entire time. Basically, letting them just be more comfortable shopping wherever they want, right? So. 
by doing that, you are letting them go to Amazon. And we A-B tested before they came out with this uh, Buy With Prime button. We used to do an available on Amazon button and we would just Photoshop it and create it that way. And what we used to do is we would actually track who would click it and go over to Amazon. We would take uh, into account their conversion rate on their Amazon listing and assume how many people actually converted because we can't be a true judgment on that. About a year or two ago, they allowed sellers to actually do their own affiliate programs and and basically double dip. So then we were able to actually see who was converting, but we could also track who was clicking that button. And so what we would do is we would actually run different ads to people by the button that they had clicked. So we just made that its own event in Facebook or in Google. We would run different ads to them. And essentially, we would either A, incentivize them higher to come back to the site and convert. So that basically like, hey, we saw that you went to Amazon. Now you can come back to the site. Here's 20% off or something like that. Or we would actually do it the other way and just be like, all right, this is our Amazon audience. Let's just send them to Amazon. So we would actually run ads to them to go back to Amazon. And if you know, you're know you an Amazon seller, you know that that helps you with your organic ranking. And so obviously, your traffic starts to go up. Things look better. So what, really, what we really try to do is think about what are, all, what are all the cards that we have to play? And let's not think about the way that people traditionally do this. Let's think about everything that we have available to us. How can we do something where we're going to make the most money from our customers without like narrowing ourselves down to what everyone else is doing and just copying them. And that's that's the approach. I mean, the one thing that you really highlighted there is you need to let your customers shop how they want to shop. And if it's a product that does well on Amazon, trying to wrangle them into your you know Shopify funnel, you're probably doing more work than you should where you could just let them do what they naturally want to do, double down on it and and find the efficiencies within that funnel. Yeah. Like, like let's say you uh, you haven't done the smart thing, which is hiring a company like, uh, let's say, an electric eye to convert <laughs> your site, to make sure your site's all cleared up, right? Best CRO services out there. If you haven't done that, plug. <laughs> if you haven't done that, you're risking that you're driving all this traffic to the site and it's not going to convert as well as you want. So if you give your customer the option to go check it out, let them do that. And really one of the things is too is especially with like new products or even new brands, it's great for them because you haven't collected all those reviews on your site. You don't have the social proof. You're a relatively new brand, but if you have a ton of reviews on Amazon, let them go check it out there. You'll eventually get the site going and then you start AB testing getting rid of the button or you put a ton of different features of, you know, your first order is X percent off or something like that. You do all the different stuff to convince them to stay on the site. But if they do go there, let them go and then start AB testing getting rid of it. Absolutely. Uh, So there's something that you mentioned earlier, and this is something that we experimented with uh, when we were a younger agency and kind of just stopped offering it as well as because it kind of went into this whole thing where we need data to be able to do what we do at the agency, right? So uh, there was this kind of uh, big influx of people uh, as Amazon was raising their rates that they wanted to build their own experience on Shopify or whatever platform that they wanted to build it on. So we had all these leads coming in and we could never really uh, properly set expectations to these clients that are so used to the velocity <laughs> of Amazon. Yeah. How shitty their website's going to perform, even though we know what we're doing as far as like design development and having this thing ready, it's set up, ready to go. There's just the difference of traffic that you get from Amazon versus building your own experience is 
such a giant gap mm-hmm. and you really setting those proper expectations was pretty hard so uh you know with that whole story you know do you see similarities to what we experienced or oh, yeah. you know were we just flat out not doing it right and you guys are like this is how you do it Chase. <laughs> uh both no so so basically that was definitely the case for the longest time we would have pe- this was actually when i started doing this whole approach this was actually like four or five years ago but what we had was an influx of people who kept getting randomly suspended on amazon like they would you get people who get suspended because they should have been suspended but you also get people who yeah. are like i changed my credit card and they won't redo it and it just doesn't make any sense and so they just get frustrated and they want to leave amazon and so they come to us and they're like oh we want a website you go okay let's let's not you know, jump into a large project of creating you a website if you think that it's going to go live and start converting right away because it will not. How do you think we should market this? So then we go through the strategy. We go through who are you targeting? Who's your audience? Which that's the biggest problem with Amazon sellers is they don't know. They have no idea. So you don't realize Mm -hmm. you're basically starting a completely different business out here. You've proven the concept on Amazon. Now you've got to take it off and actually test it out, right? So we try to figure out like, okay, here's who we think your audience is. Here's where they, where most of them are at. Here's what we're doing, blah, blah, blah. And so then from there, what we'll try to map out is like, let's say, okay, uh, most of your audience is on Instagram. We try to find a way to baby step them into their own website before they just jump into it. And so one of the things that we would actually do is we would build out a custom storefront on Amazon and actually structure it similar to how we think we would want to structure the website. And what we would actually start doing is create their social profiles and start driving traffic to their Amazon storefront. And then if the storefront converted, we knew that we could drive traffic from Amazon and get sales. So we could send them to not the listing, but send them to the storefront, have them convert there, have it all be branded, keep the competitors out of the way and start to build a bit of an audience on Instagram. So now we've started to essentially build out that community that's getting a little bit more familiar with the brand. Once we start to get to that point and now we're like, okay, we know Instagram can work. Then it kind of comes into, all right, maybe there's also a Google aspect. Maybe there, this is a product that's being constantly searched. Let's do the same thing. Let's run some Google ads, send them to the storefront. Once we see that that's converting, because you have a custom source URL on the back end of your uh, Amazon storefront, so you can see where the traffic is coming from and actually just judge it that way. So if we even if we had multiple channels, you can see it from there. And so what we would do is like, all right, cool. Now we've got Google ads working too. So we've got two different channels, one that we can retarget with really well from the Google traffic and another one that actually we can introduce the brand to. So we've got a very top of funnel uh strategy. We've got a middle of funnel strategy. We should be good here. Now, depending on how much that's, you know, how well it's converting, things like that, we start to ramp up spend, make sure that they can actually afford the project. And now the next step is to go into the website. I'm a huge fan of not half-assing a website. That is the biggest problem. I always basically say, here's the approach we're going to take. You're not going to do this website until we've proven out these any of these channels. But this is what the website's going to cost you once that time comes. Because the last thing I want them to do is be like, all right, great, let's do the website. And then they're just like, I'm not paying that. Uh, I'd rather just get a theme and throw some stuff up there and do it that way. But that's because these Amazon sellers are so used to launching a product and getting it done in 10 minutes, as opposed to a website where you have to build a, a home base. You have to be like, this is your brand. This is your home now. And so to half-ass, that's just amazing to me that anyone even bothers. So... 
what we do is we so, show them like, all right, here's what the website's going to cost. Don't worry about it now because we're going to prove out the market first. Then we'll do the website. Then with the website, that's when we add in those buttons. Still let people go to Amazon. Cater to what works for you. But then as time goes on, you start to get enough sales. You're a little bit happier with what's going on on your website. Then you cut that button out and see how things are going. So that's kind of how we helped baby step them into the approach instead of just taking the jump into your own website. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that one of the reasons why we weren't good at it and why we just stopped entertaining it completely is that we'd never touched Amazon. We were always, uh, you know, stay in our lane, be good at one thing. And we still believe that. And we've since narrowed down further and further as we kind of keep evolving the agency. Um, but no, I, I think that's a fantastic approach. And it's, you know, iterative and baby steps is always going to be a better result than shotgun and see what happens. Mm hmm. I agree. The one thing that was I was curious about as you were kind of telling me how you were doing this and and, and sending traffic to places is, is it's really hard to track these data points across multiple platforms. It, by really hard, I mean impossible. Mm -hmm. uh, so how do you like help explain how these things are working to your clients and and uh, know <laughs> where to you know push and pull on levers and budgets? I and mean, you you'll know this just as much as I do. You you when you're working at an agency, you really start to realize like I'm really more of an educator than I am actually an executor. Like I I spend more time explaining what I'm doing than I actually do doing it, and that tends to be the biggest problem. And this is easily the biggest thing that I'm always talking about. And even from an agency perspective, and I'll just vent for a second that like. Even people that you explain it to, you got to explain it to them like every couple months. It's like they completely forget and you got to go through it. Like it's the same concept with the customer funnel, right? Like it's so fluid now. They shop wherever they want. It's the same thing from a paid ads perspective. You get a lot of people that will see an ad on Facebook and won't click it, won't touch it, but they'll go and Google you. And then they'll see a Google ad and then they'll click on that. And now the Google ad will take the credit for it, right? And possibly the Facebook ad will if they did it within that day, right? Or if the iOS, just they, they chose not to track, it's not going to track it at all. So Facebook won't get any credit, even though Facebook's the one that actually started the process. Then you look at the same thing, you have the retargeting, or you have the opposite issue, which is someone sees a Facebook ad, goes and Googles you, clicks on your organic listing, and you're showing it as organic sale. So there's so many different ways that just attribution just doesn't work as well as you want it to. And there's a lot of companies out there that you know have different tracking and have their own pixels and you can do things like that and track it that way that in some cases I've seen definitely alleviates some of the pressure of trying to figure it out. But at the end of the day, I look at how much are you spending? What are you making? From there, why does it matter? Who cares? You're, it doesn't matter if I'm putting half of it into Facebook, half into Google, and I'm giving half to a friend to buy your stuff. Like As long as you're making the money and you're profitable and you're continuously growing, I want to look at spend holistically and then revenue holistically, and then leave it to me to figure out where we're going to push and pull. Because I know that Facebook, certain Facebook ads, certain Instagram ads, certain TikTok ads are very top of funnel and probably won't convert immediate sales. And when we have clients that want to get like really into each individual audience that we're running and this one's not getting any sales, why isn't it working? Well, you're just looking at the audience name. Look at the way this is set up. It's not meant to bring in sales. And then they go, well, why, why are we doing anything that's not meant to bring in sales? Well, you have to... It's the rule of seven touches and I don't want to force them into something right away. I have to baby step them there. 
then we have to set up different retargeting. I have to let the retargeting do a lot of the work now because of the way that Facebook works. They don't have enough data to be able to target purchases like you used to. So you kind of want to do traffic now and do a little bit of retargeting. So it's this whole process of trying to explain how that works. But at the end of the day, I still am a firm believer of I want to know how much you're making online and I want to know how much you're spending online. And that is the most important thing because outside of that, who, why does it matter? You're making your money, you're being profitable, you're continuing to grow. Yeah, that's the uh, MER marketing efficiency ratio, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's been the one that's really come out, which was, it, it was a KPI that was definitely there for a while, but, you know, return on ad spend and then just was, was king for the longest time, mostly because of everybody is victim to just the, glamour of direct response you're like yo i made money off this thing um which is you know human nature right you like to see things happen quickly no one has patience you know both you and i we both will fall victim to this at times when we know things Mm -hmm. are working but uh you are correct the more uh holistic view you gotta take a step back you gotta look at longer windows you gotta look at longer uh like larger spins and just be like all right if we're spending two hundred thousand dollars a month and we're making $500,000 in sales. If we spend 300, are we going to make 750? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, that that's that's the that's the thought process and you have to experiment from there. Exactly. I mean, I'm I'm a firm believer of what do you want your budget to be? Please allow me to push and pull where I think is most necessary cuz we I'll I'll take budget away from one channel and move it into another. Like too many agencies, I think they'll focus on one channel. I have X amount of budget allocated to each channel. And I don't think that's the way to do that at all. Why wouldn't you cater to whatever's working best? Mm-mm. Yeah. No, you double down on what's working. Yeah, exactly. And so by doing that, you know, it kind of allows me to keep stuff fluid and keep stuff moving and cater to whatever the market's telling me to do. I mean, it's like a orchestra. You almost have to like figure out what's working and what's not and telling people what to do when. But if you keep it so laned, like you're, I don't know, laned the word, but I'm using it. So, so like basically, like if you stay in your, if you keep it where you got to stay in your lane, like it, you're never going to be able to scale it from there because you're going to constantly be fighting the same channel. Yeah. And that was the super fun part about when we were kind of a full service agency is we could really steer the ship and lead the direction and get some crazy, crazy results. Mm-hmm. And, and we still have some of those case studies on the website. Um, it, it was a lot of fun to do that. Andrew, you've shared so much today. I really enjoyed the insights about uh, kind of how to deal with having a brand that needs to exist on both Amazon and Shopify. That was super awesome. Um, Is there anything I didn't ask you about today that you want to share with our audience? No, man. We're good. I appreciate it. Ecom show. Check that out. (laughs) Yeah. This is where you plug yourself, Andrew. Tell the people where to go. Yeah, well, if check out your ecom, uh, your episode of the ecom show. I, you're putting the show notes, right? You got it. Well, it'll be in there. Check out the show notes. Yes, great episode. Awesome, a lot of insight. Um, and then anything Blue Tusker, anything at Andrew Math, just m- tweet me, DM me. I don't care what you do. I love just helping. It's fun. So I'll, I'm more than happy to answer any questions anybody's got. Awesome. Thank you so much, Andrew. Yeah, thank you. We can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own businesses. You can find all the links in the show notes. You can subscribe to the newsletter at honestycommerce.co to get each episode delivered right into your inbox. If you're enjoying this content, consider leaving a review on iTunes that really helps us out. Lastly, if you're a store owner looking for an amazing partner to help you get your Shopify store to the next level, reach out to Electric Eye at electric 